Hi, I'm Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the Pantheon Network. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Woodstock was an important moment in pop culture, music, and the hippie movement. The organizers of the event originally planned it as a way to raise money so they could build a recording studio in New York. They sold tickets in advance but decided to let people in for free when normally half a million people showed up at Max Yasker's Dairy Farm in Bethel, New York over the course of three days in August during the Summer of Love in 1969. The people in attendance were hammered by a massive rainstorm that turned the dairy farm into a muddy mess. The traffic leading to the event was so bad that some concertgoers just abandoned their cars on the road and walked into the venue. But those who braved the weather, the traffic, and the drugs saw performances by Richie Havens, Joe Cocker, Janice, The Who, CCR, The Grateful Dead, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Santana, and more. Oh, and a guy named Jimi Hendrix closed out the show with a performance of the Star-Spangled Banner that became a symbol of the anti-war movement. In this episode of Prisoners of Rock and Roll, we're taking you to Bethel, New York for three days of peace and music. We're going to talk about the story behind the event, when the town did everything they could to stop it from happening. We'll look at the impact it had on music, play some of the awesome songs, and provide our insight along the way.
What's up, everybody? Welcome to Prisoners of Rock and Roll, episode number 46. My name is Bruce Kramer, and I'm thrilled to be behind the mic tonight with my good friend and my co-host, Ryan McCusker. Are you rocking? Prisoners of Rock and Roll is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, and we're sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia, as well as Boldfoot Socks. What Hell is going yeah, we are. What is going on, brother? Nothing much. Man. Not a whole lot. Enjoying yeah. the summer. You know, trying to get some rays and maybe see some baseball games, some concerts. Yeah, yeah man. Having Sum- a good time. Summer's kind of winding down. Um, been been busy, man. It looked like you, you had a busy couple weeks, man. I see a lot of concerts last yeah, couple weeks. a lot of shows. I caught fish, like four shows in like three weeks. That was pretty hot. Uh, they played right on the beach in Atlantic City. Uh, I would I'd say about 45,000 people a night. That's fantastic, man. That's great. You you've gone to more shows this summer yeah, than I have. I I just follow fish and yeah, you know, wherever they go, I'm gonna go if they're like a hundred miles away. That's fantastic. They're still, on tour. they're still on tour now. My buddies are going out to Colorado Colorado to check them out. Awesome, man. Dude, yeah. that's that's really, really cool. Yeah, dude, the summer is just, uh, you know, con- we talked about this last episode, man. I'm like, I am constantly on the go in this summer. I feel like yeah, I was you're, home. You're everywhere. Every time I turn around, you're going camping or doing something with the scouts. Yeah, man. You're, summer you're camp. Really and I was in Tennessee. We got a, uh, my, my, my family and I, we got another camper last week. Our previous one, I mentioned before, we were in a car accident, uh, 4th of July weekend. A guy totaled our camper. We got a new one. So, uh, thank God you weren't hurt. Thank you. But the more important thing, man, is that, uh, again, we pulled out the really long list of topics, and you're like, dude, this is the anniversary week of Woodstock. So, what? Woodstock, the f- summer of love and hippie shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, so, we, we did a whole episode on the Monterey Pop Festival, which was before Woodstock. And I thought it was a great episode because I learned a lot. You know, and every episode we do is great. But then you were like, you know, dude, this is the 53rd anniversary of Woodstock. Let's, let's talk about it. Sure. I mean, I mean I've seen it. The, uh, movie a billion times i listened to the soundtrack probably even more than that you know you grow up with the posters on your wall of hendrix playing or uh you hear the funny thing of like don't eat the brown acid right all through it you know that's not that it's funny it's just you know all these years later you can go don't eat the brown acid and everybody knows what you're talking about yeah man it's really one of the most i mean it's it's the cornerstone of the hippie movement right and yeah, it's like it, i mean some people will be like when are the boomers going to die so they stop talking about fucking Woodstock? But they'll never stop. They'll never talk about stop talking about the original Woodstock ever. It was just for the times. It was amazing to be able to bring all those people together in just out of peace at a time of so much violence going on in the world. Yeah, they man, violence going on in the country. Yeah, and it's um, I don't know, maybe we just dive in and start talking about you know, like what are we, what the hell are we going to say that hasn't already been said a zillion times? It's like you know, we we both have our own opinions on it. We'll try to spin it, however, as much as we can. But it was like, yeah, dude, you've got you know, think about all this shit going on in the world, right? It's like you're a couple years after the Kennedy assassination, you know, Vietnam is going on, Martin Luther King, Robert, yeah, you know, we talked about all that shit in the yeah. America Pie episode and all these other things. Yeah. This is really like the the peak of the hippie movement. But this is also yeah. kind of like it all goes downhill right after this, too. I think with this and the Altamont concert, yes. I think this was the end of the 60s. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And as I was doing my research for this, I was listening to a lot of podcasts about um, Woodstock and Woodstock 99. And they were like, Altamont killed the 60s yeah. and Woodstock 99 killed the 90s. It, did. it was just like a really yeah. interesting, um, you know, maybe we'll, we'll touch on Woodstock 99 a little bit. But it was like, yeah, man, the like the cultural significance of Woodstock, right? Because you had half a million fucking people showed up at that thing. How do you, how do you prepare for that? Um for the, the city or the little town to, to be able to give all these kids to feed them and, you know, give yeah. them a place to you know to stay or whatever. It really took over the town. So the two guys that wanted to put it on, wanted to do it like, we'll throw this festival, right? And music festivals were not, it's not a thing. It's not like, uh, no, yeah. It's not like the guys making the horde festival decided that, Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Lollapalooza is going on. Let's do our own thing. Right. It was such a new thing. There were no, um, like outdoor concerts weren't a big thing yet. Those stadium tours okay. weren't a big thing yet. And these guys were like, well, we'll put on a festival, we'll raise some money. And they wanted to make a, uh, a recording studio up near Woodstock. And that was kind of where, like, that's kind of near where Dylan was recovering from his motorcycle D- accident, yeah. right? The real had, artsy community. Absolutely. You had Dylan there. Um, you had the band living there. Yeah. You know, so you had a lot of different music going on. Yeah. And these, and these guys, like the town, man, like, they were passing every ordinance they could to try to stop it from coming in, like yeah. in the town of what they were like, uh, if a guy has his shirt off, it's a fine. You can't have open alcohol. You can't like, they were just coming up with any rules they can to stop this thing. Well, let's, let's, uh, start the beginning. Woodstock was an idea by these two guys and they go to the town Woodstock first. Right. And they're, and they sell tickets and everything, and they're like, whoa, 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 this is going to be way too big for us. So what they did was they went to one town over called Bethel, and they found Max's farm. You know, So Woodstock actually happened in Bethel, New York, not at Woodstock. Yeah, the one dude was like, yeah, man, you can use my farm. It's weird because he's, like, he's an older guy when this happens, yeah. and he's like, okay, cool. I, I think Max was had his own opinion about the the war and everything like that and i just really think he seen them all as just kids you know he even says i yeah. have i have kids older than you guys you know and what you the, the how everybody came together yeah and it was a special time and it was a special moment in time that will probably never happen again yeah there's a People point had tried there's a point in the show where they he gets up on stage and addresses everybody. He's like, I'm yeah. not much of a speaker. I'm a farmer. Yeah. But, but yeah, and he says, like, my kids are older than you, but you guys have really behaved yourselves or something. It was really interesting, man, because, you know, and a big part of the notes, of course, is the movie, right? And much like Monterey, yeah, sure. somebody was there and filmed it, and that's probably part of the reason why it's so important, because you get to see it, what happened. Yeah, you get to see the legend. Sure. You to see it all. Like you, you didn't have to go to Woodstock. You could you just watch the movie if you missed it. I don't know how long after Woodstock the movie came out. Do um, you think it was like a couple years? 1970. It came out March of 1970. So it's a couple months. It's not, it's okay. not even six months after it yeah, happened. The, Woodstock was a uh, financial mess. It, it really went down the shitter fast during the show was going yeah what, the, yeah know. why don't we talk about that a little bit so yeah right so they they sold all those tickets um 
I think they sold them through like record stores and stuff like that sure. in New York, and they sold more yeah. than they thought. And then I guess like the the Friday night, so many people start showing up that the contractors who were they had to since they moved the venue so late from Woodstock to Bethel, the contractors were like, "All right, man, look, we can either build a stage or we can build a fence to keep everybody out. What do you want? We don't have yeah. the time to do both." So they were like, "Build yeah. the stage." And then at some point, I guess just so many people showed up. They there was no ticket booths, there was no fence, and they were just like, Dude. "We just have to open the gate and let everybody in." Yeah. Uh- so many people showed up without tickets and they're like oh we're we're going where it's happening i would say like half the half of the maybe not half like 25 percent of the crowd got in for free you know like you said there was no fence or nothing like that but nobody knew that was going to happen yeah i saw everything yeah. from like they sold fifty thousand tickets and four hundred thousand people showed up and then i saw they sold one hundred and sixty-eight thousand tickets and five hundred thousand people showed up so it sounded like it might even been more than a quarter it might have been like yeah half the people Crazy. but the um yeah man and they just they, at some point they were like if from a safety perspective it's not worth even trying to keep you what are you going to do you're going to have the national guard come out and you're going to create a met like they just said you know, just well, come, on, were, come were, on in. While it was, yeah, while it was going on, they were on the news and everything. They were calling it a disaster area. They, they like the governor declared yeah. it, and they said the governor was um, he was thinking about deploying the national guard to restore order. I was like, I mean, that shit would have gotten, but that would have went south really uh, fast, right? That would have went south. All, all those kids just sitting in the field, and then you have all this the stormtroopers coming, right? Especially, for no reason. especially. I mean, you're at the peak of the anti the war movement and all that other yeah. shit. You know, Kent State's yeah. already happened. You've got all that yeah. other like uh, the uh, sure, sure. Uh, the Democratic convention in Chicago and all that shit happened. You know, all that stuff we talked about in the American Pie episode has happened. But then you know, all that shit's happened. But look what they did after all that. Stuff proved that the the right wingers were the ones that are all starting trouble yeah man and that's maybe you know, that's, they're the ones that are sending the cops out there they're the ones that are sending the thing like you know like the, the national guard out. they're the ones that are doing it they're the ones creating chaos and these kids are just marching and whatever yeah man it's like all these people showed up and you know what and the, the thing that just blows my mind is like half a million people showed up at this thing and what they had like like two people died, right? Like one one dude got run over by a tractor in some like freak accident. Yeah, some he was like sleeping in the field. Yeah, and they, they didn't see him. They ran him over. Yeah, and then, there was like one know. person overdosed. But he had half a million people, right? If you said if I, like if you said today, oh, this concert was supposed to hold sixty thousand people, half a million showed up. They basically just stormed the gates. They let everybody in, and at the end of the day, yeah. nobody got hurt. You'd be like, what, really? Yeah, no. Yeah, it's like inconceivable. Yeah, different day, different time, different way of thinking. All, you know, everything of this thinking like hippie is like new. Right. Yeah, you know, nobody no nobody it, I guess you know, I could see how how everybody thought the hippies were communist, you know? I could see that. It was very communal. Everything was communal through the hippies and it scared the shit out of everybody. And that's what Woodstock was. It was a communal society. Nobody, everybody was sharing everything. They were sharing the the music at the end of the day. Everybody was sharing love. It was something I don't think will ever happen again. Yeah, man. Without like Coachella or some shit like that. 
You it's, know? it's a great point, man, because you hear um, whatever that it was like that one fucking music festival that they were supposed to have, and uh, they all got ripped off. Yeah, it was like a skit. We should do something on that too. You know, it's like that'd but, be funny as shit. But then compare that to this, where they were like, um, you know, there was no water. Like, there's a scene in the movie where they're like, they're throwing like clothes out of a helicopter to the people. Yeah. Like, here, man, here's just you some changed. Yeah, here's just some clean just clothes. right. And um, one girl was like, she's freaking out because she's like, there's too many people. I got to go, and I don't have any money to eat. And they're like, it's yeah. yo, it, it's okay. Like, well, the the group will provide for you. Yeah, just it was a really a interesting thing. thing. Yeah, you know. I, I, I go to a lot of Grateful Dead shows, a lot of fish shows, and that's kind of feel you get from it. It's like a little Woodstock. You, you know, um, everything, not everything's like communal by no means, but like you're walking around and it's fucking 100 degrees. Somebody's going to offer you a water. I, I mean, in my experience, I have more, I have more concert stories about people being shit bags. And you know, like like funny stories. Oh, this person passed out and fell down the stair. Yeah, you know, like just bad shit. Then yeah, that then that like what you just said. That I mean, that's what the whole thing was. I was at fish concert, and people bring their children, and it's awesome. And it was a sin. The kid was walking behind his father. He had to be like seven or eight, and he tripped over uh, like a sidewalk kind of thing with the boardwalk and he start having this meltdown mm. and it was like everybody was trying to like comfort the not comfort this give, give him some room you know like i even gave the father some candy to give to the kid you know i'm like listen this is clean candy. i would never do this. You know, <laughs> right you have something lace you're gonna keep it for yourself oh i de- most definitely <laughs> it's cost too much money <laughs> you know but it was amazing to see how everybody just tried to comfort the kid. He was probably scared shitless. He's yeah. hurt. Yeah, everybody's the concert's really loud. But it was a great it was a great moment to see how everybody just came together to make sure this kid was okay. You know, everybody everybody people were bringing band aids over to the kid and light sticks and yeah. you know, everything's gonna be cool. Yeah, and that's it a shame, was, man, because literally as we're talking, I'm even thinking about all the shows that you and I have gone to together, and like, uh, remember we went and saw Soundgarden, and we saw some dude just get like, just fucking stomped by security, Yeah, and you know, we've yeah. just, we've just, I've seen more of that, just people getting out of hand and being knuckleheads and starting fights, and I don't know, man, maybe it's the bro mentality, it's it's 2022, think, it's 50 years later. I think a later. lot of our music, I think a lot of our music that we grew up was bro mentality, you know? Yeah, I think so too. Uh, but, I, I think that's what really connected me with Fish and the Grateful Dead. That I realized it was like Woodstock, and I was like, "This is cool. This but, is really cool." But you're also different in that that you're. It says it on you know our bio on our webpage. Like you're a hippie and a metalhead rolled together, right? So you'll listen yeah, to sure. yeah. You know, you've told the story. You've done. You did shots of Jaeger with Carrie King from Slayer. Yep. Yep. But then you got a you know you got a hippie heart in you, so I, you know. I do. I mean, I've I've always had uh, I don't know some kind of thing that always wanted me to be good. You got that and, Henry Henry you know, Rollins once said, like, "Don't mistake my kindness for weakness." You kind of got yeah, that. Dude, you know, that's, like that's the biggest mistake you can make, and people yeah. do that down at McCuskers, and they find out real fast that I'm not so nice. Yeah, you know, but, but um, yeah, like. It, but to see, like, but like, you go to Dave Matthews shows, 
his fans are a bunch of knuckleheads. Like they try, Dave Matthews tries to do what Fish does or what the Grateful Dead does, but their bro mentality in Dave Matthews is always there. Yeah, I've got something on them for later later in the show, but um, you know what, too, man, circling back to Woodstock is like the yeah. This is also like um, like TV is prevalent, right? So it's like yeah, you hear about all these hippies and the Nam movement and all this stuff, and then suddenly there's like you know camera crew here. And it gets all the media attention because so many goddamn people showed up, right? So many people showed up that they were like, they were flying some of the acts in, in like helicopters yeah. and people like the highways got yeah. all jammed up. They were just like, F it. And people got out of their cars and just walked in. It's like, it's we'll get, amazing. we'll get the car Monday. I always thought about how many cars were abandoned from Woodstock to the, the highway. I'm like, you know, most of those cars, people never went back for their car. You know, it, it, it's crazy. Right, crazy to think about it, and this is like you know if if you if you just went up to somebody in a mall and you're like excuse me, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you say hippie? A lot of them are going to think of Woodstock, you uh, know, sure. or or vice versa. What's the first thing you think of? A Woodstock is hippie. Yes, so it's like I they're mean, just tied together. So this was like the hippie movement went like front and center. We're mainstream. Here we are, like pop culture you know middle america like there's people in new york that had never seen a hippie there you know there's some of those people where they were it was in their minds in bethel new york they were like who who are these aliens that are and what what planet do they come from right they all start coming in and uh at first they were they really didn't want them there they really gave all the hippies a hard time like they gave uh, the promoters a really hard time how it's going to destroy their community, you know, and you know, and, it pr- and all the hippies came in and proved everybody wrong. In the documentary, you just hear the owners of the stores like, "I haven't heard so many thank yous and pleases in my life." Yeah, this and is some a of good thing. Like, These kids are doing good things. Yeah, and it was like, and they weren't. Um, yeah, and then the st- a lot of the store owners weren't trying to be like we're doing this it was like those kids you know it was still like they kept the like they still kept their distance from it it was just yeah. it's like a nuance but it was really cool it really brought revenue to that little town sure like the one thing that all those kids showed up with in their pocket was money they all showed maybe they didn't have food they didn't have this they didn't have that but i'm sure they had a couple bucks on them a piece of it's not like they were homeless and poor and shit like that you know, I'm sure they would go to the luncheonette somewhere if the, if the lines are not too long, and if there's food still available. You know, they were happy to pay for it. Yeah, you know, I don't think it was like a bunch of bums sitting around trying to to get a free meal out of it. Yeah, I think it was just so many people there. There wasn't a, they weren't prepared to give so much food and water to to it, it would it would they say it was the biggest city in new york city at that moment outside of like downtown manhattan or yeah. something like that yeah you know it's going like, on and i also think as much as it's like you know if you call something the peak of something that also means that moving forward everything is going down and it yeah. really i mean it is it's the summer of love right at 69 the decade turns over it's the beginning of the end and for a whole lot of other reasons that we've talked about in other episodes but part of it also is I think that big business sees this and they're like, oh, yeah. yo, the hippies are like, you know, we want to get some of that money. And this is where it starts, oh, to, sure. it starts to get a little bit more commercial, too. Oh, yeah. And you have to remember, there was so much crazy shit going on 
about the hippies, like the whole Manson thing just right. happened. And, you know, everybody thought Manson was this hippie guru and he was in charge of all the hippies and all the hippies were Manson heads. And no, the Manson dudes were just fucking crazy. Yep. You know, they were just out of their mind. They weren't hippies. I mean, Charles Manson, you know, he just used acid and whatever to use it against people, get them to do whatever you wanted to do. Yeah. And made some shitty music with the beat with, uh, with the Beach Boys, yeah, yeah, we we killed one of his songs in the electric chair before. Um, yeah, you know what's interesting too, man, is to talk about. You know, we got to start talking about the actual show, but like what it did also for music, um, like just outdoor festivals, right? Like Monterey was two years before this, but you know, Monterey does. If you're a casual music fan, you know Woodstock. You don't know Monterey. Yeah, I mean, we did our special on Monterey, and. Right, and we went we went artist by artist, and you know, Monterey. I honestly thought there were more amazing performances in Monterey than there were. Well, Woodstock, I think but... Monterey was put well together. Sure, well, Woodstock was just like you know, uh, drywalled together. Yeah, then it's it didn't last the rainstorm. Yeah, and that's you know? a good point too, man. Because I read that you know, if you showed up at, at like most of the people or half of the people that showed up to Woodstock, they never heard a fucking note. Of the show because the staff, the no, stage dude. wasn't built to play for half a million people. Yeah, and they, so if you were far away, you're one of those people that showed up last. Like you know, you you couldn't you couldn't physically get close enough because technology's not even that. You know, yeah. outdoor PA systems that size aren't. We talked about in the dead show with the wall of sound. Like what they had to build. I posted a picture of me in the field of Woodstock. Yes, and yes, and you could see how big the stage was, and then. You, you can't turn the picture around, but like me looking at everything is just open. It was like on a hill it, too, right? It, it was like it was on a hill, and you just can imagine just people and people and people going for like thirty miles. Like, how can you? You, you have to walk. You can't drive through it. It, it was it was a one time thing in history that worked. Yeah. The New York, I read a New York Times article. They said that they estimated that half of the people who showed up never even heard a single note of the music because they were so far yeah. away. So they yeah. just kind of hung out and they did all that communal stuff, which speaks even more to the hippie movement yeah. of like, you know, if I went to a show like that and I couldn't hear shit, I'd be, I'd be upset. I'd be, I'm sure there was like little, little bands set up here and there. Absolutely. Around. Like there was some kind of vibe going on. You, you know, they tried to make an art, art festival also on top of things with music. So there was a lot of crafts. There was a lot of hippie knickknacks they were trying to sell. Uh, you you bring a piece of Woodstock home with you, you know, it, it, but the, all the artwork and everything like that. I think everybody forgets about that shit. And, and all the just remembers like the Hendrix. Right. Right, and the Hendrix thing, uh, we'll get to him, and how small the crowd was by the time he took the stage. Sure. Oh, there was no yeah. one there. Yeah, there, almost everybody was gone, because it was like Monday, it was like Monday 9 a.m. Morning. Monday morning. Yeah. But it was like, yeah, man, um, so the majority of people didn't even hear anything. And there's also, you know, like the, the the photos of the crowd are more, you know, the, the couple in the blanket hugging each other, the naked people, uh, skinny yeah. dipping, and all that other stuff. Absolutely. If for can you imagine being like a a fifteen year old boy going to Woodstock in nineteen sixty nine, and you were 
you know, your parents like grew up in the fifties or whatnot, and you have these fifties mentality. And then all of a sudden here comes like this beautiful blonde walking down naked and just not worrying about like, that's culture shock, man. That's culture shock now. Right. Even like, I mean, you see this stuff from uh, like Bonnaroo or some of the other, like the big, you know, like the rave shows out west yeah. and the girls are all wearing almost nothing with all the neon pasties but, and yeah, shit but that's, it's like that's like it's a whole different. other that's like a dirty thing what that was right that's right that was like a that's like a dirty dirty fucking thing like that whole rave fucking thing woodstock was a very peaceful kind of earth tone thing like getting back into the earth you know they were hippies man and it's almost like nothing you know like altamont is not that far past this right and they tried just a few months right and then like they 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 tried to make that like the woodstock of the west and and it didn't happen right and it killed the 60s copy it right through just just look what they've done through the history of woodstock and how they ruin its name through everything through the years yeah man sure i mean when i was a kid it was like holy shit woodstock was i always knew about woodstock because i guess it was on the wonder years or something like that. Uh, but then all these years later, you say Woodstock, and you think of all the bullshitness that came along later in life that Woodstock happened in like in 99, mostly. I heard 94 was okay, but 99 was a mess, and it, it really gave a bad name to Woodstock. Yeah, man, and th- there's been a whole series of uh, anniversary shows. So I looked that up because I go, oh, you know, there's so much attention right now on Woodstock '99, right? There's a there's a documentary on HBO Max. There's one on Netflix. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I started listening to a bunch of podcasts, and I was like, as I was doing that, I was like, wait, wasn't there a '94? Like we were working in the music there store was. at the time. I I had the double CD. I yeah. remember buying. I remember buying fucking bootlegs of like collective yeah, soul set on like ebay right green day throwing the green mud is a huge fucking nine project. inch nails and i'm looking this shit up and i was like okay i'm not crazy there was this other shit like in 94 has just been overshadowed by the 99 train Which, wreck dude i was there in 99 and maybe we'll talk about it later yeah it, 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 it with stock 99 is shit bag of the week yeah oh yeah <laughs> man hey, hang on i can i can play that with stock 99 Shitbag of the week. Shitbag of the week. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, man. Woodstock 99 just, uh, you know, it, man. It, 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 it ruined it. It ruined right. the whole, um, the, 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 uh, the, the epicness of what Woodstock once was. I went down, I sat down on my, you know, uh, I turned on my laptop earlier in the day and I go into Netflix and I go to put something on while I'm working and I yeah. type in Woodstock and the first thing that comes up is Woodstock 99 and what a, tire fire it was dude and not I, not the movie it i had to like it took me some uh, work to go find the documentary i watched the documentary of 99 and i was having flashbacks and i uh, it was the worst experience of my life yeah I'd, i would love to hear your perspective I left on it before all the before the, the riding i left <laughs> but anyway original woodstock yeah man so I've, I've got the let's talk about list. some of the music man yeah it's who was the first first uh guy that played was richie haven richie haven so sweetwater was supposed to open the festival but they got pulled over by the cops on the way, nice. in, the way in and there's like there's a lot of this man where they're like um shit you know we're off schedule we got to do this we got to do that like so and so can't get here they're because scrambling. of traffic and yeah. so they were just kind of throwing shit together because they didn't want to just like leave um 
uh, nothing to nothing going on, and yeah, and, all these kids are waiting for music, and there's no music being happening. And, and you know what's interesting too is um, as I'm pulling up Richie Haven's Woodstock, is uh, you said before with Altamont that like the dead wouldn't go out on stage, right after when after all that shit with the yeah, stone, they were, like the dead were totally they were and, like uh, we're not going out, and here they're like, yo, we need to um. Yeah, we we got to keep the thing moving. We can't just leave everybody sitting here with with nothing to do. So and yeah, and like Richie Havens was like the only one there. Hey, pretty, that was really pretty. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. Um, um, Richie Havens was the only performer there, right? That could perform and and get these kids starting to watch. So what does Haven does? He he goes out there and. Number one, he's not happy that he's the first act in Woodstock. He's like, I have to open this shit up. Like, how do I even entertain so many people at once? And he, he played like every single song he knew. He, he, he played like way over like an hour, maybe like a longer. Yeah, just he because said nobody he, was ready to play after him. Yeah, he came up with the thought of playing the song Motherless Child. Like, on the heat, like the lyrics just popped into his head because he was like, uh, like humming a humming a humming a, I gotta, yeah. I gotta play something. He said he was, he was just singing Freedom, which is the beginning of, of that song. Like, yeah. Freedom, freedom. I'm just a mother's child. Yeah, like, here uh, we go. I'll play just making, yeah. Let's play a little bit of that. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Sometimes I feel like a motherless Man, dude, and he was like, all right, so dude, you got like what awesome. you got this festival open, you got a black dude playing acoustic guitar, singing yeah. freedom, 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 freedom. Like just it's so powerful. And then that yeah. And he got I mean, this like really propelled his career too. It totally it made him famous overnight. I mean, he wrote that song on the spot. Like there there was no other recordings of this song, just this the version that was on the Woodstock. Right. Uh, it was like album, an impromptu kind of thing. Yeah. Like that was like I pl- I played in bands before and magic happens, but that shit is real magic. Yeah, he he totally captured the moment as a songwriter. Just writing, so it, it was fucking great. It was art. He's awesome, man. I yeah. I listened to Where him. Where do a little I know bit. him from? Besides being at Woodstock, was he on like Sesame Street or something? He was in Married with Children when they did uh, Old Aid when Al Bundy becomes Axel Bundy. That's a shame. And That's he, a shame. They and, put him on Married with Children. And, and Al Bundy, Al Bundy plays the hoagie. Uh, uh, I don't like they do like terrible. a parody of Wheel of the World. It was like John Sebastian and a couple other people. He did um he did a a couple other songs with uh like Groove Armada. They were kind of like uh massive attack a little bit he did some other kind of stuff he yeah. kind of had like a resurgence maybe in like the early 2000s he's just really cool man i i like richie he's havens really I, cool. I, I i dig him a lot I a like, friend of mine met him really and uh, he, he gave him free tickets to a show uh it was a funny story he's he said he was he ran out to his car and he had Jimi hendrix live from woodstock 
So it he's is. like, he run he runs in and says, Mr. Havens, the only thing I have from Woodstock is this Jimi Hendrix. Do you mind saying he's like, no, Jimmy was one of my good friends. Absolutely. And he wrote this thing like Jimmy, very whatever, cool. whatever. Very cool. I saw it once at his house. I was like, this is a very cool piece to have. Yeah, really cool. I think the Friday, so he opens it on Friday night and then like Sweetwater eventually comes up. You know what I mean? There's a lot of bands that played in this in Woodstock that are like, time has not remembered. I don't remember Sweetwater. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm looking at the, uh, the opening, the Friday night band. Well, here, here's some Sweetwater. I don't even know if I know the song. I'll play a little bit. It's called What's Wrong by Sweetwater. Rocking. Yeah, yeah, I'm digging it. It's not my. They're very unforgettable. Yeah. I mean, they're very forgettable. Like, nobody. Yeah. I heard of them, but I never really cared enough to, to maybe go down that rabbit hole. That whole first night, man. So it was Richie Haven, Swami Sachachandra, Sweetwater, Brett Somer, Tim Harden, Ravi Shankar, Melanie, Arlo Guthrie, and your, your girl, Joan Baez. Uh. Arlo would have been awesome to see. Yeah, and Joan Baez gets up and she starts talking about like her her husband was in jail for refusing to go to Vietnam, and she starts talking about like all the prisons huh. he's in, and uh, I I don't Bummer. her her voice just doesn't no doesn't do anything yeah, for me. But she's the Kate Bush files. Yes, yeah, the Kate it Bush of the she's the Kate Bush of Woodstock. Holy shit, man! I have a um uh, a playlist up in front of me from Spotify that I found like Woodstock '69. And they've got Joan Baez must have played twenty she songs. Like, I, yeah, I have yeah. I have a lot in front of me. She was a huge star too at that time. Yeah, she you played know, like she, We Shall Overcome, and she played some other. I mean, she's she's important culturally. I just don't. Her voice yeah. just gets on my nerves. Yeah, she's very yeah. important culturally. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if we need to play anything. She over. was she was big with Dylan. They were buddies. Yes. Yeah, she dated um yeah. she dated Steve Jobs from Apple. As well, that's crazy. I was uh, googling some shit about her today, but anyway, weird. Yeah, hmm. um, I don't know. We don't need to play anything from her, right? We don't. Please don't. Okay. Maybe when we do the electric chair. We'll play okay. All right. All right. We her. can do that. I, I I appreciate her, but I don't appreciate her in my ears. Yeah, I know where she fits in, but yeah. Um, all right, and so all right. Well, let's just go into Saturday because Saturday's where kind of the big stuff opens. Um, the first band that takes the, is a band called Quill. No idea. Right on. Country Joe McDonald. So Santana was supposed to come on, and they weren't ready. So Country Joe from Country Joe and the Fish, he jumped in. We'll talk about him a little bit later. Uh, Santana comes on afterwards. Dude, this performance of Santana, that made their career. Oh, yeah. They they famous. They were, um, I was reading somewhere, like Chicago was supposed to play. And Chicago also, the manager kind of, Push them out because he also managed Santana. Wanted Santana to play. Yeah, I mean, Santana, I think would be a better fit for Woodstock. Yeah. Oh, here I have it. Chicago signed on to play the gig, but they had a contract with Bill Graham. Bill Graham also the contract meant that Bill Graham could schedule dates, so he moved some of Chicago's dates, so they had to go play somewhere else, so Santana could took wow. their, take their spot because he also managed Santana. Well, which is the right I mean, call. Totally. It, it made Santana's career. Like there's that story of Santana that he was like tripping 
and the guitar was turning into like a snake. Yeah. He was just trying to choke it. Yeah. He, there's footage of him like playing and it's so intense. Yeah. Here's a little bit of Evil Ways. That performance made Santana's career much like uh, Monterey made Janice's career. Oh, totally. I mean, nobody really knew who Santana was, but when that soundtrack and that movie came out, it was so intense that people took notice of it. Yeah. They're great, man. I saw I, Santana. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I did, too. Santana. I saw him a couple of years ago. He was, They were awesome. Oh, he's he's master of his craft. What was one year, uh, it was called the Horde Fest, and Santana was on there with Fish, and Fish was Santana's backup band. Oh, that's cool. I wish it was like 1992. My God, that would be amazing. I saw him. We saw him maybe five years ago, and he was great, man. I mean, he had that that whole second resurgence with all that Rob Thomas and all. You know, he's kind of like yeah, pop music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good no, for him, man. Dude, he's an amazing guitar player, and he has such a, a hippie vibe around him. Yeah, he's very uh, uh, philosophy and very, yeah, uh, yeah, spiritual. Yeah, very spiritual. Um, I, there was a book about him. I'd read that. Yeah, it'd be pretty interesting. He's an interesting guy. Yeah, let me keep. Uh, who else we got on here? So they play John Sebastian from Loving Spoonful gets up. Uh, he wasn't even supposed to play, but he was kind of just hanging around. There. And like all They're the like, bands, hey. all the bands weren't there yet, so they were like, again, they just kind of threw him in. Dude, um, they couldn't get the bands in. They were like helicoptering. Hel- the yeah, they were literally bringing people in. Yeah. And they um, had to stop. They would have to stop playing the music because the helicopter was louder than the music. And everybody was bummed out by that. The Keith Hartley band. I have no idea who that is. Who else shows up? The Incredi- they were looking for anybody. They were yeah. looking for any, anybody that can get out there. The Incredible String Band. I don't know them. Can Heat. So Can Heat comes on, man. I, they're a band. I don't know how they were not more popular. They. Um, I don't know anything about them. This isn't Woodstock, but this is. You wouldn't. You probably know this song. This is on the road again. Oh sure. This song. Uh. I changed my mind. This is the fucking. That's the electric chair song. Ah, uh, dude. No, hang on, man. Let me find something. Can't heat a Woodstock. Here you go. Here's a. This is the. Uh, the, the Woodstock boogie. This is the. How many songs you think were made up on the spot? I yeah, probably so a lot, many. right? Yeah, yeah. There, I, I I've been at shows before, like played gigs, and the guitarist hasn't showed up yet, and the crowd is waiting. Yeah, and, and it sucks. Yeah, I I like that. I know the guy's voice can be a little 
a little much how high it is. But hate that I hate that that on the road again. Uh, okay, they did an I album with John Lee Hooker, which is great too. Yeah, that's but, great. Um, that's awesome. All right, so then the band that comes on next is another band that I never understood how they were not bigger, and that was Mountain. Sure, that they were fuck, a great band. My dude, my my middle kid is eighteen. He's been in his room blasting Mountain the last couple really? days, and I'm him. like, I'm like, you listening to Leslie West? That dude, like they, you can trace the dots between like Sabbath and early heavy metal back to easy. them, right? Like very that, easy. That huge fucking guitar sound. This was the only the third concert they ever played. So they were like a pretty new band. Can you play something by Mountain? Yeah, man. Let me just find something on here. Southbound train from Woodstock. They hadn't they hadn't recorded like Mississippi Queen yet or any of that other stuff, but that they had such a huge sound. They were band. a great band. They were. They should awesome. be in the Rock and Roll Hall. They abs- I looked that up. They've never even been nominated. They never even mentioned. No, and they should be, man, because they like they were the, one of the first heavy metal bands. Yeah. The singer, the lead singer, just passed away in the last. Yeah, 10 years. Leslie West. Yeah, yeah. I saw him on uh, the Rock Show on VH1. He was he was a. A very big personality. He was a big dude. Yeah, he used to go on Howard Stern this, all the time. He used to have this huge personality. Yeah. 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 I just have in my notes, like, holy shit, that guitar. Yeah. And they only got on the they got on the bill because their manager also managed Hendrix. So he kind of, like, <laughs> snuck him in, got him got him a, a gig. But, yeah, but Mountain is one of the great, under, most underrated bands in the history of rock I'm, and roll. I'm with you. But, they were... They were, they were fucking rocking for like a three-piece band yeah four-piece band i don't know how but they were rocking but they have that huge fucking sound right nobody yes. sounds like that at the time and yes. then the dead come on after after them and it's like it's late right it's it's yeah i forget what time they can't what time the dead took the stage but the dead like everything else they blow the big opportunities like they said they went they were like backstage for so long tripping balls and everything like that and they go out there and they said they had the worst show they could possibly yeah. have it's 10 30 friday at 10 30 saturday night they take this yeah day. so they played from 10 30 to like five after midnight dude it, they said it was like the worst set that they played it's the reason why it's not on the soundtrack or it's not in the movie the grateful dead you know they have always a problem like selling their image they weren't in the monterey pop festival movie because of the same thing right they didn't want their image to be known through woodstock because of you know lawyers and they, nobody was going to make money off of them anyway so the three biggest festivals of the 60s right woodstock mm. altamont and monterey they play they play they don't want to be in the movie. They don't want to take the stage after the stones, yeah. you know, after all that shit. So they kind of like shit the bed. They cr- shit the bed. Dude, on all the big gigs, they, they fucking shit the bed. And they always said that. We, we, they know, I don't know. But that just goes along when we were talking about our episode about how they were so unorganized. Even, you know? um, yeah, and they, I read that like 
it was by this point it was raining real hard so a couple they were like well we touched our instruments we were getting a shock and it sounded like crap and it was late and like i mean putting in between mountain and then ccr comes on after them it's like that's just a oh, bad God. like if you're putting a list together man it's just not a that's not yeah, the ccr after i mean the dead's going to be the dead or whatever they they're still like very psychedelic at the time they're they're still bluesy and everything but it's still uh young in their career and then you bring out CCR and just fucking rips it right. Apart. Right in between between Leslie West guitar. I mean, if you gave me all these bands and you said put them build a, a set list, I'm putting the dead on maybe 11 a.m. Sunday morning. You know, I'm not sure. You know, sure, maybe maybe one in the afternoon. Right, everyone's that getting up. They're getting out. Uh, I'm not doing it in between these two huge fucking bands. Right, and yeah. CCR was like, I mean, they were one of the biggest bands of that that era. They were they were enormous. It's just shitty place to put them and then they played uh well they play for an hour and a half and 40 minutes of it is a version of turn your love turn on your love light <laughs> and it was um it's interesting because it's i i struggled to try to find like recordings of their woodstock show on they're very uh big on how can i say it? Like their copywriting their images right but all it's that like shit but all the all the we talked about this in the episode about them all the bootlegs and tapers and all this shit yeah and it was like you know i i could find it but it wasn't like front and center like some of the stuff you know like if i want to hear hendrix doing the star spangled banner i could find it in five seconds but yeah. finding anything the dead did it was like it was it took me a little bit of digging to find it yeah. i was surprised because yeah they didn't want it they didn't want to be out there because it was so bad 50 years yeah. later they're still it's still kind of that way yeah. like spotify it's like it's yeah. hard to find yeah, Crazy. it's not out there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, maybe the bootlegs are out there. Yeah. It must have been really bad for them not to put it out. Yeah. You want to keep moving? Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. I don't want CCR comes on next, man. So CCR, they were the first they were the first band that all the Woodstock to sign a contract. So the promoters wow. were kind of like, we didn't know anybody's gonna sign up, gonna be down with it. And CCR, when they sign up, everyone else is like all right, cool. This is legit. They um, were like the first ones to sign up, and everybody started. Yeah. Oh, if they're going to play, we're going to play. Yeah, but they come on. It's almost like three in the morning, Jesus and they, so Christ. they were also like, "All right, dude, we don't. I can find the exact set time. Uh, CCR stage time Woodstock. So they come on at it's twelve thirty. It's twelve thirty in the morning, and they play for an hour. So by then, everybody's either asleep. Or they're so zonked out on, right. you know, Scooby Snacks that. <laughs> I thought they would have played longer. You know, they go out there for, for an hour. Yeah, they were probably like, "Let's get the hell out of here." They played like eleven songs. Um, they're not in the they're movie. They're pain in the ass. They they're also. A pain in the ass. They're they're one they of my all- favorite bands of all time, but uh, you know they. They didn't like the way they sounded, much like the dead. They said, no, you can't put us in the movie. And that was it. Um, and they played, I'm looking at the set list, man. They played all their hits. They played Born in the Bayou and Bad Moon Rising, Proud Mary, Put a Spell on You, Suzy Q. They they played everything, but, you know, whatever. But it just shows you how much complications they were having with the sound. Yeah. Woodstock. Yeah. It was, they were, people were playing, but doesn't mean it cannot, came out sounding good. Right. Like, here, here's a little yeah. bit of Bad Moon Rising.
Sounds all right to me. You know, it's I, rocking. Yeah, I mean, but Plus they didn't want to be like you know they didn't want to be. Uh, I, I keep on trying to figure this fucking word out. Um, exploited. Exploited. They don't want to be exploited. Yeah, and CCR also has a lot of. Uh, I forget They're when they. The I forget when they broke up, but I can. You know, when did CCR break up? They're all self righteous dudes. They broke up in seventy two, but yeah, man, they had, like this fucking dysfunction between all of them yeah. and everything that happened and everything else. But anyway, so they play. They didn't want to be on the thing, and then you know the rest of this night, man, is just fucking amazing. So then Janice comes on, and what time I, does she come on? She comes like, on. One o'clock in the morning? It's two in the morning when Janice comes and on. And she comes on. Holy shit. I think frame of mind of what time of day the show's happening is is adds to it. Like, it's two in the morning, and here comes Janice. I'm on WoodstockFandom.com. So the dead play from 1030 to midnight. Credence plays from midnight to 115. Janice plays from 130 to 245. It's also interesting looking at this is like there's 15 minutes in between these. So they're like pow, 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 right? Because you don't have all that big elaborate, all that shit you're setting up and everything else. But if you look at that stage, just no thrills. Right. But it's like they they built it in like less than like three weeks. Right. So the you're talking about like you're talking about like 10 carpenters coming out trying to. Built this thing. Right, right. Some fucking union guys coming out and just banging it out in a couple of days, right? Because you said, like, do you want me to build the ticket booth or do you want me to build the stage? What do you want me to do? Um, yeah, it's anyway. not like it's not like the stadium tour we just saw where they had the you know fireworks it's and the monitors and all the other stuff. Yeah, but yeah. So Janice was out of all the research we did for this show that this was the one that like I went and pulled up the whole. I listened to the whole thing, like whatever. Not what's in the movie, like just play her whole performance. Did you listen to her whole set? Dude, it's so I think good. you need an award just for that. Dude, I, I just... How my, do you sit through that whole fucking set? My notes just say, God damn it, why does she have to die so early? She is so... Yeah, she's great. She's awesome. I just uh, have this thing with Janice. Uh, like but, what? What do you have? Oh, somebody ruined it in the bar for me for years. Some some drunken woman would sing all the Janice songs on the jukebox. You guys said and, that in another episode. And, and, and it ruined it for me forever, so I can't listen to Janice I, at all. I think she. I do love her. I mean, fuck. I mean, she she was amazing. I think her and Aretha are the two greatest female American yeah, singers she was the of best. all time. Absolutely, absolutely. And I had a couple. I, I put in my if this doesn't move you, you don't have a fucking soul. Some yeah. of the stuff, but um. So I, I I did I get a little nerd in this, and I wrote like so she's playing with the Cosmic Blues Band, right? She's not playing with the Holding Company. Right. And the Cosmic Blues Band, if you listen to it, it's got a horn section, so it does sound a little bit different. She was an enormous Otis Redding fan. So I was like, I could hear that Stax record sound in this, what she's doing. Um, oh, yeah. She was huge, Otis. And she, could, said, she said, Otis taught me how to push a song instead of just sliding all over it. She and, got all that. She got all that. Yeah. She got all that from Otis. And she plays uh, a song, Can't Turn Loose. That's an Otis Redding song. So she covers an Otis Redding song on it, but she doesn't sing on it. The band plays it and she dances with it. But here's, uh, what are we going to play? Here's Work Me Lord. This is great. Every day I keep pushing. I keep trying to move forward. But something is surrounding me while I'm Something's trying to hold on to me. Take my wild life. Oh, 
but I, I was saying I listened to that this week. I actually went, I'm like, uh, I pulled it up on YouTube because I'm like, I, I, I need to see it. I want to see her no, singing these notes, man. She's just very, very emotional. She's on a whole yeah. nother. She's on a whole nother plane with rock and roll with me. But you know. she was. No, I, I. It's not that I hate her. It just, you know, it just gives me the bad memories. Right. I, I, I have some good Janice memories. You know, I saw one time. I saw a Broadway play called Love Janice, and it was Janice's letters home to her sister, hmm. and they had two Janice Joplin's on stage. One, the sweet girl from wherever she was from and then you had the rock star Janis Joplin and they would go back and forth to alter egos and they would read the letters it was amazing it's, yeah the um the flagship the pantheon show rock and roll archaeology which is like you you have to listen to that dude you would really enjoy it i've been saying that to you for 2 years um there li- you know i should there's a lot of things i should yeah do. it's 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 the stand up it's long it's like 18 hours but it's like um their latest episode starts with janice uh dying it's but, but it's like, really good like uh like the 24 hours like of it, her dying it, well it starts with it it's kind of about the it they focused a little bit on like Joni Mitchell and Carol King and Janice, but they talk like they dive into like what happened to Janice. And you know, when she died, there was some questionable, um, some people moved some shit around in her hotel room because they were trying to probably trying to hide help. The heroin yeah. They were trying to help and like hide some of the drugs and some other stuff, but you know, terribly tragic figure. Yes. I mean, God knows what she would have been. Right. If she didn't die. I mean, yeah, I, she would have been like this iconish thing, probably bigger than Tina Turner. Right. I completely agree, yeah. man. Um, all right. So there's three more acts to play on Saturday night. And, you know, we're not going to go act by act of every single person that plays at Woodstock. But these next couple, man, Sly and the Family Stone, Holy they shit. are fucking awesome. I love Woodstock. Sly Family Stone. They, that, they brought the house down. Dude, they were so good. I was like, man, I... I so I had the movie playing in the background, right? I had it open on my laptop, and I was just doing some work, and I was listening to it. And I was like, at some point, I stopped. I was like, holy shit, this is so good. He was so good live. Like, live was where he was at. When he starts yelling at the crowd, like, uh, I think it's the one I want to take you higher. He yeah, was come, like, come on. Higher. Right, right. Come on. Like, he's higher. taunting the crowd. Higher. I was like, dude, it was so yeah. good. Yeah. He was like a preacher. When he was yes. there. Yeah, I just a wrote funky preacher. I only have two notes underneath him. I just wrote awesome and we need to do a funk episode. That was the only thing I wrote I've down. I've been saying that for a while we do a funk episode, bro. I know. I've been, I've been, I've been I want to talk about like Parliament, George list. Clinton and I could talk about mothership, bro. Uh dude, that'd be about great. The mothership. I know all about it. Uh do you want to hear some I wanna take you higher? Yeah. So awesome. Dude, it's awesome. Oh, God. It's a shame that he had that bad stroke and he can't communicate with anybody anymore. Yeah. But man, you think about it too. Like all these other bands that have been playing, 
nobody sounds like this. At the, and so they take the stage now. It's three thirty in the morning. Can you imagine? Right, they play from three thirty to four fifteen. You're like, what the? <laughs> if you're still That's standing, a short set. That's it, a short set. But if you're still standing, you you had to have drank as much coffee as I do on a normal night, or oh you are so jacked up. They, oh, you are definitely probably more jacked up than drinking coffee at Woodstock. Right, right. There's probably not a lot of coffee to be found, man. They, uh, I think they're one of the best performances of the whole night. Like, I just, think they're one of the best performances. Period. At the end of Woodstock, I think they get overshadowed by Janice and. Um, Shanana, I'm like Shanana is great, man. We'll we'll talk about uh, them yeah. in a minute. We'll uh, and, they and, play they play day three, right? Yeah, and the yeah. the the band that I the guy that I think did the best performance is coming up Sunday. But we'll talk about him in a minute. But yeah, man, Sly and the Family Stone, dude, they are fucking awesome. Nobody sounds like this in the entire bill, top to bottom. Yeah, they just come it, out and yeah. it is just funky music is great because it's just so funky. You can't fuck up funky. Like, Man, that you know. big that big chunky bass and it's great. And he said that like he is being a preacher the way he's yelling at the crowd. And he's got to be. It's three thirty in the morning, Dude, right? You right. Gotta he's those, probably got to get him up. He probably had them rocking. Yeah, like, he's working his ass off to get that crowd. Yeah. Whoever, whoever many people, I have no idea how that worked, man. If you had the people that were, um, yeah, you know, they said so many people couldn't hear anything. I don't know if the people went back. Yeah, you know, the back is where all the tents and shit were. If they went yeah. back and went to bed, I have no idea what it looked like in front of the stage. But you know, he's got he's working hard. It's three thirty in the morning. Yeah. Oh, he's def- his band is kicking ass too. Like they came they came to take names. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. Uh, a funk episode. Uh, we could do a whole. We could yeah, do a, a James we, Brown we episode, but we could do every. James. We could do a whole episode. Everybody but James Brown episode yeah. would be awesome. Man, there's so much stuff to play. So the Who, the Who played, man. Adultery. So what time did they come on? They, they come played on. for like fucking two hours. They played. It's five in the morning till seven forty-five. So they played Jesus, them. A, they play all Tommy, right? And they play all Tommy, and it's <laughs> fucking completeness. five in the morning. They come on, and Roger Daltrey uh, was high on LSD when he took oh, the sure. stage. He said sure. uh, he said they were trying to find some catering backstage, and they couldn't find anything that wasn't laced with LSD and he said F it and just took something. Yeah, dude, they played a, a, <laughs> a ton of songs. No, I think they played the like they they had something like pay us before we go on hmm. kind of thing. They did like that kind of gimmick. Okay. Like pay me before we go on or we're not going on. So they got paid and they put a help. They were like, all right, you paid us. We're going to play the, the fuck out of this. Okay. And like they said, they came out and Gave out one of the best performances of Woodstock. They did all of Tommy. You know, there's that famous footage of Daltrey wearing the fringe yeah. outfit, spinning around the microphone, and you know, uh, Pete Townsend's wearing that jumper. Yep. You know, it was. Yeah, we could play was, something, totally man. Uh, what do you want to hear? What'd they play? Summertime blues. My gener my generation's pretty rocking. Let me play that. Yeah, do that. Love it, man! 
Keith Moon must have felt right at home at Woodstock. <laughs> you know? He was like, oh, my people. That's just, a great tune, man. That's that's a very like yeah. kind of punk sounding, oh, sounding sure. rock and roll song. So I think the Who is one of the pioneers of punk, like like Sabbath, one of the pioneers of metal. Yeah, I, think I the agree. Who's pi- pioneers of punk. Yeah, I agree. They play, yeah, they played a rock and set though. Like you know, they gave their money's worth. I'm telling you, they're one of the ones that played the longest. I right, mean, and then the last the last artist of the night. So that well, the night. The fucking of uh, the day. I don't know what, what where they drew the line. They broke this up in the Saturday. It was uh, Jefferson Airplane. So Jefferson Airplane finally takes the stage. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. They played till 9.30. They're not very good. I don't think they are. They were very popular, in, I think, because of Grace Slick. I yeah, think, and they uh, were... That, that White Rabbit song was like... They were like a one-hit wonder. No, not really. They were... No, I, I, lo- I really like Jefferson Airplane. Um, yeah, I think no band has gone from so good to so bad so fast. Is what the mannequin song built this city for yeah. rock and roll. Yeah, I saw them over the summer. Uh, oh, good for you! Fourth of so fourth of July. Right, let me finish my point with uh, she's still alive. So no, well she's not. She's she's still alive, but she's not in the band anymore. She oh, okay. She quit a long time ago. So yeah. Jefferson Airplane became Jefferson Starship, and Jefferson Starship nice. became Starship, and it got shittier and shittier. But I was in Albany over Fourth of July for vacation, and we went into downtown Albany, and they had this big pavilion. There was a band playing, and I was like, "That's fucking Starship playing," and it was it was Starship was playing. That's unreal. This free show at the before the fireworks in Albany, New York. So I could say I saw them. Um, I wonder if any guys from the airplane was in that Starship left. But Jefferson Airplane was cool. Um, White Rabbit was yeah. huge. Volunteers was huge. I mean, Volunteers is a big like hippie kind of, yeah, kind of song. You know, it looks like they they played a little she bit. She had a great voice. I mean, they were very popular. Yeah, she could sing, man. She um, yeah, you know, she went kind of walked away because she had an alcohol problem. Yeah, um, she was a mess. Here's a little bit of Volunteers. Volunteers is pretty rocking. Okay. Maybe that song is big too. Song. Like, really? I don't know that one. Yeah, that was dude. in the Forrest Gump soundtrack, one. and oh yeah, I missed that one. Yeah, yeah, man, that's a great song. It's a very counterculture. You know, got a revolution, going to start a revolution. Kind sure, of shit, but sure. I I like them. I like them a lot. But you know, it's all it's all good. That's cool. I didn't know you liked them that much. Yeah, man. I said I and I think I like them so much because she had such a good voice, and then it's yeah. like. The bands yeah. that they turned into just got so fucking terrible. <laughs> Very interesting. It's so bad. But uh Very interesting. So all right, man. So that brings us up to uh ten AM. So they, they get done at nine forty five in the morning on Sunday. So Wow. And it's a good spot. We can uh we take, take a, break. a break. Yeah, we'll come back, we'll bang out Saturday or Sunday, Monday morning, and then we got some music news and all that other stuff. Yeah, man. All right, dude. Stick, Stick around. around. Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia. There's something for everyone on the beer list and the jukebox in McCusker's. It's minutes from the sports stadiums in Philly, making it a great place to stop by for a few drinks before or after a concert or a game. 
Come see for yourself why everyone from Philadelphia Magazine to Playboy has called it one of the best dive bars in the city. Visit them at 17th and Chunk Streets in Philadelphia or on Facebook. That's McCusker's Tavern. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Bruce. You know what, man? I am so excited to tell you that Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by Boldfoot Socks. You know, I hear good things about them. First of all, I'm excited to have them on board because their owner, Josh, is a big music fan. You know, you're a fan of music, you're a fan of mine. Awesome. And secondly, the team over there makes comfortable, stylish socks for work, working out, or doing a podcast. Boldfoot Socks are made in America, and their motto is grown here, sewn here. They're a veteran-owned business and give 5% of all their proceeds to veteran charities. I like supporting businesses to pay it forward, so Boldfoot Socks gets two thumbs up in my book. Or maybe I should say two toes up. Eh, that's why they don't let me write ad copy. Anyway, go visit <laughs> Boldfoot Socks. Anyway, go visit them at boldfoot.com and check out all the different styles they have. That's boldfoot.com. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well... I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, uh, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order 
plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. All right, we're back from the commercial break. Thanks so much for sticking around with us. So we're ready to go into Sunday morning. And Sunday morning is a little weird because really Sunday morning uh, or Sunday for Woodstock starts at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So the music ends at 10 a.m. on Saturday. They have a break and they pick up at 2 o'clock. And this is my single favorite performance of all of the shows. And this is Joe Cocker. Yes, I, the man. This is like um we did the uh the moderate episode. I was talking about how much I love Otis at moderate. Yeah. Like Joe Cocker at Woodstock and Mo- and Otis at moderate. It's the same, like fuck. It's so good. Fucking right, dude. They're so good. Joe Cocker's on another level on man. that stage. And that's another thing, man. Like, just go if you look at the video, like I it was funny, man. I was talking when I told my mom that we were doing this podcast she uh she i I said something about joe cocker and she was like i she my mom thought he had like um like ms or something you ever see him like saying the way he like shakes she thought he had like a disability and i was like no man he's just overcome with music like i always i I always thought maybe he was having like little little seizures yeah yeah right something he's just completely overcome older yeah i mean he he was just overcome by the same. He was a big drinker at the same time. Yeah, he kind of drank so that, himself to death too. Added, yeah, that added to his persona. You know, I yeah. see Joe Cocker in concert. Have you I really? Looking, yep, that's he on was my, awesome. That was on my bucket list that I wish yeah. I would have seen. I never saw. I him. saw him like when we worked at the record store. I got free tickets for it. Oh man, I yeah, Jimmy Vaughn. Op- Jimmy Vaughn opened up for him. Oh fuck, dude. I, was it the Fabulous Thunderbirds? Yeah. What? It was awesome. When you were working with me, you went to that yeah. union to take me? No. Some, they, record, they rep, me. some yeah. record rep came in and gave him the owner, like, don't tell your asshole boss. <laughs> Man, I don't feel too bad making you clean the toilet all those years uh, at that place. Holy I crap. I, that's what you. That's what they said. Holy <laughs> crap. <in there. laughs> Oh man, uh, what I gotta play something, man. Uh, man, he played for like an hour and fifteen minutes. Feeling all right, dude. It's just, it's just rocking. Let's play some of that. Man, there was, do you remember um, on SNL, Belushi would imitate yes. Joe Cocker, and there uh, he would be like slamming beers down and fucking belting out just like him. But uh, I don't know what made me think of that. It's just memorable to me of Joe Cocker being with John Belushi on stage. He is in another level, and um, I don't like. You hear so much shit about like cultural appropriation, right? Like, oh, you're yeah. stealing a certain thing, and like the term like blue eyed soul, right? It's like a right. that, that's like a sure. thing. But I was like, man, he he's in another level. Like, I don't I don't think of that as like cultural appropriation. Like, he could just fucking sing, man. He just brought yeah, it. He's very 
very uh, soulful, very soulful. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what. I don't even know who else I would put in like a blue-eyed soul kind of thing. But it's like I don't. Nobody sang like him. Yeah, man. Like, I mean, the, you could sit here and talk about like Daryl Hall and shit like that, that blue-eyed soul thing. But I think maybe Joe Cocker was the original like blue-eyed soul. Dude. They said he also um. I think he died of lung cancer, and they said he smoked like forty cigarettes a day. I mean, you could fucking hear it in his voice, hear right? It, yeah. He's just like he yeah. sounds like he ate a glass of fiberglass insulation. Yeah, um, he definitely, definitely lived rock and roll. Yeah, he was man. That just that's one of my prefa- my favorite live performances ever of him. Yeah, he and does a, a little help. He yes. does a little help from my friends. Yes. on there. yeah, right. Which is which epic. Is the Wonder Years theme song. Yes, um, and that's also yeah, amazing. Like growing up. Growing up, I always knew who Joe Cocker was because of the one. I, yes, I, I did that, too. I think know? I knew that. I think I knew the Joe Cocker version before I knew the Beatles version. Uh, absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah, and go go look at the video, man. You can there on Spotify. I mean, that whole his whole set thing is it's an album that they released uh, just live at Woodstock. Go look at it. Go look at the YouTube videos, man. Because like seeing him do it with all the the way he shakes his body and everything is just yeah, it's really he, really cool. He's definitely fucking awesome yeah he this is one that i like when we got to it like you know we've been doing the show long enough that i'm like fuck we haven't talked about this person yet and i was like man we never talked about joe cocker i man. so he comes up he blows off you know he blows off the stage and again man it's like it's sunday so if you're old in friday night right you were just up all night you 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 slept for a couple hours and then you see joe cocker joe cocker gets done at 315 and then there's not another band till six thirty because it rains like hell. Yes. So they just kind of like they put the mother. they put the the time out on everything, and then and uh, like imagine like nowhere to go with all that rain right, coming down. Right. There's, like, it's not like everybody had a tent. And it was like one of those. It wasn't raining. It was a fucking storm. Yeah. Right. People were hanging from. People were like climbing the rafters to get better view or better sound of the stage, and you know. um they're out there asking everybody, please come down. It's not safe. Uh, they're saying we're going to get a bunch yes. of rain. We're going to bunch of rain coming down, and then you have Country Joe McDonald come out, be like, "No rain, no rain." Yes. No rain. So the announcements during the crowd, right? At some point, like they're like the movie has all these the PA announcements, like the they say like don't take the brown acid. The, the acids uh, famously, yeah. It's uh, it's not, it's not spiked. It's just not good. Yeah, they're and, like you're not going to die. Right. Everything is not poison. Believe us, it's not poison. Right. But then it's also yeah. Don't climb the the <laughs> the sound equipment because there's a yeah. rainstorm coming and all kinds of other shit. But um, yeah, man. Bill Graham was. Do you, do you ever see the Bill Graham standing on the stage? Yeah. I think I think Bill Graham got there and was like, somebody has to take charge of this fucking shit. Well, you know what? Also, too, man, Wavy Gravy is doing a lot of the PA shit in between yeah. too from the dead. Yeah. And we didn't talk yeah. about him very. We didn't talk about him at all. We talk about him in the Grateful in the Grateful Dead thing, but he was kind of like, yeah. you know, a secondary character of the Grateful Dead, and he's also got the the fucking Ben and Jerry's you know flavor named after him, but just like well, another you know, dude in that. For- I think he played a very important role at Woodstock. He was in charge of the peace police, right? They called, and it wasn't like they were security guards. They were just people making sure nobody was getting out of hand. Which is interesting because if we talk about the '99 show, they have peace police, and they're way different. No, no, that's a whole other episode. But um, Uh, this was, you know, like his his community, the pig farmers. 
they were yeah. called. They came, they came out and they gave they, the the food kitchen and all all this other things to take care of all these kids that went to the show. They put a few tents up called the freak out tent. So if you were having like a really bad acid trip, you can go into this tent and calm down. And the person would be like, all right, you're cool. You're cool to be alone. But then the next person would come in and you would have to talk the next guy down. Like, all right, you're, you're very you're communal. Just, yeah. There's one episode in the movie where the, like the one girl, I felt bad for her because she starts, you know, the, they play the music and then they split and they start just interviewing random people. And this girl was like, I need to get home. And she yeah, starts crying and really freaking yeah. out. And they yeah. were like, hey, man, like, you can go get some breakfast here. It's okay. Like, you'll be all right. And she was like, I just want to, you know, there's too many people. And you felt bad yeah. for him a little bit. And I could, it was. I was glad that that part was in the movie because they're going to show like it wasn't all. No, uh, yeah, you know, there was all kinds of shit going on. There was all. They only show the good stuff. You know, with the gate crasher, it was kind of like a, a little riot, right? Almost. It was. Oh. They didn't really catch it on on screen, but they were like jumping over the jumping over the barriers and crushing the barriers. You know, it wasn't so peaceful. Right. Not all of it was peaceful. And I put this on our social media yesterday. So I was watching a documentary, and during the Santana thing, you know, they have the screen split into, like, thirds, and they're showing different yeah. three groups of people. And yeah. one was a guy butt naked, and he was holding a sheep. I seen that. And I, I was like, yeah. what the fuck is going on in this movie? What, what, there has to be a story to that. Right, because there's no way I'm a 2022 that I'm the first guy to be like, why is this butt naked dude holding a sheep of Woodstock? So that's I'm my sure that's you, my homework. I'm going to find out who that was. I'm sure it's out there, dude. There's the internet can find anything. Yeah, I'm sure there's a story, but um, I mean, so Sunday, let we got Sunday, we got Monday morning yet. We had Joe Cocker played, and then uh, Country Joe and the Fish come on. They come on like six thirty to seven fifteen. I we said this at the um the Monterey like. They they were like largely forgotten as a band. Definitely. Right? Like I don't know anything about them. They the the fish do you know the song like the fish cheer when they go like give me an F, give the me F, a U, give yeah, me a C K yeah. like that becomes like a real f- Yeah. That's what they're famous for. Yeah. I'll, let's play that and let's just okay. we'll talk about them. It's a real. I mean, it's a hardcore anti it's, uh, anti-war song. Obviously, I said earlier when we were trying to figure out songs, what we should do, we should do an episode of protest songs. Yes, I think that'd be cool. Rage Against the Machine and sure. Arlo Guffrey. Yeah, right on. Yeah, Arlo and it's like, and, his and they're, they're like so they played all these these big uh, events, and I'm like, kind of like, all right, nobody knows who they are. I, I don't know them, right? We have a fucking podcast no, about music. I don't know. I know their name more than I know any of their music. Right, they just kind of... I know they played Woodstock. Right, and he he played here... He played twice, right? So he played solo, and then he played uh, with, with his band, and he's large, largely forgotten. So, I just thought... It, I, just, I find it interesting that he just... 
they played those two events and then they just kind of nobody knows who the hell they are maybe it's just like a lot of bands just come and go bro yeah man that's just that's just the yeah one of them yeah they played was one of the biggest things in in the history of music and they're forgotten about yeah and he country joe um i looked him up a little bit he's released like 30 solo albums like he still makes music he's played almost every woodstock reunion anniversary show he's trying to make that woodstock money i don't know but anyway hey why not yeah, it's just interesting. Uh, all right, 10 Years After plays, uh, largely forgettable. I don't know anything about them. I don't either. I, I they were like, they were, I guess, what kind of band were they? I I don't know. Like a, what, a horn band? Like probably with a horn section? Uh, like fire? Hang on, let me just look. They're not in the Woodstock, this playlist I'm looking at. Let me just look at... Uh, I don't know anything about them. I don't either. If I just look up 10 years after and I play whatever song is the most popular, here's I'd Love to Change the World. It's got 78 million plays on Spotify. Oh, I know this song. Oh, yeah, sure. I thought this was The Who. Very Who-ish. Okay. I don't think they played this at... at, uh, Woodstock, but anyway, okay. Right, so they played. The band played next. Uh, the band is the not. Band. Oh, they're it, fucking great, great bands. The another band. another band we never talked about. Like, um, no, it's crazy, man. I mean, they have so many fucking great songs. I never really got into them. I mean, I I like the weight. I like a couple other oh, big dude, hits. I'm not a. Big... You got to listen to their greatest hits album. The greatest okay. hits album is is so. He's like, oh, I know this song. I know this song. Was the drummer's name Leon Levon Helms. Helms? Yeah, Levon. I seen him in concert a few times, hmm. and you know he was like just as much as the lead singer of the band as Robbie Robertson was. Hmm. So I I got to see him sing some of those classic songs live, okay. which was great. Uh, on Crystal Creep, and he sang to Wait. Oh yeah, it, Ripple it was, Creep's a big rip, Ripple Creek. I'm the yeah. Ripple Creep. Uh, it was a little bit of the Wait from Woodstock. They played it. That's a great song. I'm not a. As oh, I said yeah. I, I don't know a whole lot about them. I think it's more that I just never cared to listen to a ton about them. You but, ever, uh, you, you ever uh, hear their version of Bruce Springsteen's Atlantic City? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's great. I, I'll have to give them a listen. It's, it's not that I don't like them. It's just, yeah, I listen just, to I the greatest hits. I just haven't had a lot of time to. All right, I'll, I'll put that on my list of things to do. Yeah, man. Uh, Johnny Winter played. Uh, I love Johnny Winter. Johnny Winter is interesting in that his manager was like, "Dude, you ain't gonna make any money off this movie. We're not in it." So they uh, he took a, a flat rate fee of like thirty seven hundred bucks instead of being in the movie. Wow! Uh, and he brought his brother Edgar Winter. So yeah, sure. There's some. Um, there's like a box set now, like the or the director's cut. With the director's cut has like a DVD in it of like extra shit and, and he's their performances it. in there. Yeah, he was awesome. I don't know if he's still alive. They're just killer guitar players. Oh no, Johnny Winter died in 2014. Okay, I remember seeing him on the Bob Dylan like uh, 
50th anniversary concert or wherever it was back in the 90s. And he came out and he fucking ripped it. And I was like, who's this albino guy? He's ripping it apart. Yeah, they're cool. Uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears played. They're cool. CSNY. That was only the second time that Crosby, Still, Nash, and Young ever played. I'm like the only person in the world that hates them. I really do. Their laid back sound sucks. I what, try to be positive on this show. What don't you like about him? Well, I don't know where to start. I think David Crosby is a shit bag and his voice sucks. Okay. Um, I don't I don't like Graham Nash. I think I I just don't like their laid back sound. You know? There's no there's no balls to it. I don't even think I don't think they it's try like, to approach it with any balls to it. People love them. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I like them. I, I think they sang harmonies as well as anybody since the Beach Boys, and they were um, great harmonies. Yeah, I can't, I can't take that away from them. Crosby's a little. I get it, man. Crosby's not the yeah, nicest I, guy in the world. I don't um, care about like that. I just don't like his music too. I yeah. Mean, so I don't know what what time did they play. So they come on. There's like yeah, a gap here. So Country Joe and the Fish plays six thirty to seven thirty. Ten years after comes on eight to nine. The band plays ten to eleven. Johnny Winter plays midnight to one. Blood, sweat, and tears is one to three. CSNY man. So they come on. It's three o'clock. They play to four. Paul Butterfield Blues Band. I think they're they're also largely kind of forgettable. Yeah, I, right. They're kind of like around. Them. Uh, I just know them from Woodstock. Yeah. Uh, 7.30 in the morning, man. Shauna Na comes on. Sha- Shauna yes. Na only plays for I an fucking hour. I Shauna Shauna Na is great. How do we have all these shows and never talk about Shauna Na? So Shauna Na, man, it was like, they're kind of the joke, right? Even, um, yeah, uh, yeah, I get it. They're playing in the late 60s, but they're doing covers of all the, the doo-wop you know, stuff. You know who they are? They're the backup band in Greece. They're, if you watch Greece, okay. they're doing, during the uh, their dance sequence and they're doing the hand okay. jive, yeah, that's Sha Na Na. Yeah, dude, it's great. Their stuff's great. They were basically a throwback band of of, of what fifties music was. Now you got to think it's nineteen sixty eight. The fifties are dead, but they rejuvenize like the whole fifties sounds, and they do a bunch of covers of, of doo wop songs. They remember like they had a TV show at one point. They were. They were so popular. I don't remember that. Yeah, in the eighties, and like Bowser was like, you know, like Urkel. He was like everywhere. Let's do. Let's play some shot. Nah, nah, man. Shot. I love they're it. Great. Here's a they're get great. a job. I wish, shot, a great. I wish, get a oh, job's God. a great song. Yeah. It's got a little edge, a little like punk edge to it too. Yeah, it's almost like Sha Na Na was a great band, dude. They they totally get forgotten about. They were big in the seventies. Yeah, you know? I think they, they were, just kind of get written off as a novelty. But it's like, yeah, man, they're, they're awesome. They are awesome. Like, like I just said, they're the backup band in Greece, and they're kicking the shit out of it in that in that sequence. Yeah, Sha Na Na really looked out of place in that fucking Woodstock movie. Like they're. 
two guys are wearing gold outfits. Yeah. They're dancing like the sw- the twist and shit like that. The other guys look like they're like from Vietnam. They're all wearing like like vests and stuff like that. It just looks really odd. Yeah. They probably they're probably waiting around all fucking weekend to play. Yeah, and they yeah. kind of, you know, it's kind of petering out. So, it, you know, they get done at 8 o'clock in the morning on Monday. The show was supposed to be done the night before. Right? So if you're still sticking around, God bless you. And then, so they get, they leave the stage at 8, and then there's an hour break. And then fucking Hendrix takes the stage. Holy and Hendrix shit. plays till 11. So it's and Monday morning. There was morning. Like nobody there. They said there was like there- 30, 30 or 40,000 people still there out of 500,000. Half a million people. Most of them it's are like all nobody. gone. They ain't, most of them ain't going to work. They're just like, we just want to no, shower. They're just trying to figure out how to get the fuck home, how to right. get their car out of, out of all this traffic. And he, uh, you know, after Cocker, Joe Cocker, he is the most, you know, everybody knows that fucking, that version of the Star Spangled Banner. Um, he, he, he played that whole set is pretty famous. Yeah. Um, that's another one. He like, plays like I listen to Joe on there and shit. Yeah. It's all out there. Yeah, you know, Foxy it's, Lady, it's, Fire, like the whole the whole thing. Um even the I mean the the Star Strangle Banner is like it's part of like a like a jam, like a longer right? He goes into he's playing Voodoo Child and he plays it and then he goes into Purple Haze. It's like a twenty well, minute thing that he like all kinds of spills into each he other. He kinda he took the the Star Spangle Banner and he took what the world was going on into song like the sounds that he was making was making sounds of war of yeah. jet planes flying over and machine guns and chaos that's what he was trying to do is is and and he changed the way that star spangled banner will be for the rest of life for the rest of time you know what's more famous than hendrix playing that song and it really sums up right know? it sums up like the vietnam era um and all that stuff uh, we, we he was got, an artist, man. Yeah, he feel really like, was. I feel like we got to play something else off of here. What else did he play on here? Man, that's another uh, that's another artist out of this. Like, go watch the video of it because he is just so, yeah. like he is possessed playing the guitar. It's awesome. He was another one. They, there's like um, there's that story that he was had that headband on on his head and he had like a sheet of acid underneath his headband, so he was sweating the acid into his pores. Like I don't, I, I don't, I, I, yeah, I don't know that story. story. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Huh. The headband. Like I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, but like you said, it's a shame that there was no one there to see Hendrix's guitar solo on the Star Spangled Banner. But another dude, too, right? So at, at Monterey, he lights a guitar on fire. Yes. And then in this, he does the Star Spangled Banner, and then, you know, shortly after, he's gone. He dies. Yeah. You know, he, it's yeah. just another, you know, between him and Janice, it's like two people that were just ripped off. You know, how much awesome fucking music did we lose because they died so early? I don't know, man, but 
sometimes it's like maybe they maybe they faded away fast so they didn't fade away slow it it could be but it's also like the legend of them um is also captured by these performances in these two concerts yeah you know it's like would they would they be as popular thank god we have them on sure on we can always ha- look at Jimmy at his prime. Sure. Those, I mean, both, two, those, those two shows are like the, the prime of Jimi Hendrix. Right. Both of them died early and there's not, a, you know, there's just not a lot of material. And we heard these two amazing shows out of both of them. Yeah. If you, if, you know, if you never heard our Monterey pop festive episode, you should go back and listen to that one. Yeah, man. We do a lot. Of, yeah. That was a great episode. Yeah. We did a good job on that. We do a good job on every episode, but because we're good at what we do. Yeah, we it. are. We, because it's the love. It's the little things we do. Yeah, man. So I got a little bit on the bands who didn't play. We did this a moderate, a moderate episode as well, like bands who could have been at Woodstock and weren't. So uh, the Beatles, uh, the, apparently the Beatles said they would play if the Plastic Ono Band could play. And uh, the promoter's Fuck like, that. no thanks. So they yeah. were out. Uh, the Birds, the birds uh, bailed out because they said, eh, this is just another music festival. We're not interested uh, Chicago, I talked about the doors. The doors, kind of like the birds. They were like, "No, nah, this is just another music festival. This is another Monterey." I thought the doors weren't invited because Jim Jimmy was such a fucking wackadoo. I thought that was Monterey, but it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, Iron Butterfly was supposed to come, but they got stuck at the fucking huh. airport and they never made it. Uh, uh, bummer. Zeppelin just said no. Yeah, Joni. Can Mid- you imagine that Zeppelin at fucking yeah, Woodstock? That would fucking that would have been amazing. They would have blown everybody out of the way, yeah. dude. Especially that time they were brand new. Yep. Uh, Joni Mitchell, she turned down a thing so she could go on the Dick Cavett show. The, yeah. the Stones said no thanks, and Zappa said no thanks. So Zappa would have been awesome. Zappa would have been great, man. He He's another person Zappa we haven't have, spoken about yet. He would have fit right in at Woodstock with the freaks. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'd, he thought they were. He was so outspoken. Maybe he thought they were. He was, they were exploiting the culture. Yeah, I never got into Zappa. He's another one. I Dude, I just never. Like, I never tried. There's different faces of Zappa, like different faces of Miles Davis. You have to find the one album to start with. It's like a puzzle. It's like you just can't listen to Zappa. You have to listen to a, do a one of his certain albums first to get it. Yeah, it's almost like. I don't dislike him. I've just never, I've never tried, and I, I know that's a, um, I know it's a really long buffet that I have to pick from to try to start. I just, uh, I haven't cared to, to give it a shot. Maybe at some point in my life I will. I'll send you something. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm open minded. I'm be, be happy to, you know, I, I have plenty of artists that I didn't like before that I've grown into. So, um, actually, I think that's largely Woods. Doc, I'm looking through my notes real quick. Uh, the video, the movie has a note from the police chief saying that the kids are all really well behaved, and uh, the people making the movie are like, "Oh, well, you're a cop saying that." And he's like, "I'm not a cop. I'm the police chief." Uh, yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. People largely uh, behaved. The sequels. I don't think we're gonna get into it too much we've been talking for two hours but they they were nowhere near being cool as the original we could just say that yeah there's been a series of them 79 89 94 99 there was supposed to be the one in 2019 that kind of crapped out so if there is a if you go to the original site of woodstock there is a venue there in bethel i've been there a few times 
So you can go up to the land of Woodstock and have Woodstock any weekend you want. Like, you, you don't have to go during the anniversary. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. You can go see one of your favorite bands at the, the, cool. the venue. It is cool. I'm surprised you didn't take the kids yet, Bruce. Yeah, we drove We drove past it. Um, we we never stopped, though. Maybe next summer I'll make all you guys go. Yeah, it'll be we'll on the see list. something there. Because the anniversaries this week, we're, we're recording it. It's this week. Yeah. The anniversary of it. And yep. Phil Lesh is playing there this weekend. I saw for, that. Yeah, for the anniversary. Yeah, it's cool. Phil Lesh from the Grateful Dead. Yes. All right, I got some music news. Uh, the first music news was Lamont Dozier. He's one-third of the Holland, Dozier and Holland from Motown. He died at age 81. Uh, we didn't talk about them a lot in our episode about the Funk Brothers, but, man, they wrote and produced Billions almost of songs. all those songs, man. The Motown sound, they came out of that. So the one the one gentleman, he, he passed away. Really sad. And the next one, the next music news that I had was, so Matt Stone and Trey Parker from South Park. Right on. They had their, they celebrated the 25th anniversary of the show of South Park. And they did two concerts at Red Rocks in California. Is that what was going on? Yeah. Okay. I saw a big thing going on with with South Park online. Yeah. That's cool. So they kind of had, um... You know, like Les Claypool came out and he played Very the cool. theme song in the outfit that he wears on the cartoon. Nice. And Ween showed up and they and the two guys, Matt Stone and and uh, Trey Parker, they played a lot of the like, songs from the show, like in the characters. Yeah, that they played. But the coolest thing was they did an episode where they had the guys from Rush perform, yeah, like sure. that. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. and and they played the clip of Getty Lee and Alex Lifeson, and then they came out and they played. They they played a Rush song with Les Claypool and uh, Matt Stone on drums. They play closer to the heart. Who's singing? Getty Lee. But Les Claypool's playing with them, too. So Getty Lee's there live. So Rush showed up. Yeah, they're there. It looks great. Yeah, though. I'll splice it. It looks definitely fun. I've seen all these different people at the show i didn't realize it was a concert with all these cutouts of different characters and shit that's awesome yeah and it was like and it was really cool to see getty lee and les claypool like jamming together right it was just really really neat and it was cool to see i don't don't know what getty lee and alex liverson have played together since uh they're supposed to play that um oh yeah the taylor Hawkins Hawkins thing yeah so, yeah, I just thought it was it was really cool, and they you know they got a little tongue in cheek about it. So, um, well, that's what that's you know what what uh, South Park is about. You can't laugh at yourself, then yeah, fuck you. you yeah, know, like I right, answer so second thoughts. Uh, we got some second thought. We got some feedback on our drummer episode. So our buddies over at the Itch Rock Radio podcast shared a link to an album called The Drum Battle. Gene Krupa and Buddy Rich. At the JATP, so we talked a little bit about Buddy Rich. 
uh, doing some some drum battle stuff. And then Anthony on Twitter, he's at Monkey Noodles. He shared a link to an album called Krupa and Rich, and he said, I just downloaded your episode. I can't wait to hear this. Krupa and Rich are two of my all-time favorite drummers. They're a big reason for my love of big band jazz music and getting into playing the drums as well. So, right on, man. Hope you listened. Uh, Would love to hear what you think of the episode. And then for a second, I have some second thoughts. So, I went down the rabbit hole, man, and read a little bit more about the Dave Matthews Poop gate incident the that crapper. you mentioned. Yes, that you the mentioned. Crapper gate. Because I was like, I couldn't. I can't believe you don't know about this. So, you know, it's funny, man. You you mentioned it. And then I was looking on Facebook one night. I'm laying in bed. And I follow a Facebook account called The Troller Coaster. And they just post, like, you know, memes and funny pictures. And they sh- shared a screenshot of the Wikipedia page called The Dave Matthews Band Toilet Incident. And they're nice. like, if you don't know, now you know. And I was like, holy shit! I was just, I was just talking about we were just this. talking about that. So, so I read, I read more about it, and I was like, all right. So, I, I, I dude, I've told like twenty people this story this week. I'm like, do you know this story? Yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. I've learned a lot of cool stuff about doing the show, and this was one of the weirder ones. So it was 2004. Uh, the Dave Matthews Band, I guess they all had their own tour bus. Each guy had their own bus, and right Boyd on. Tinsley, the violin player player his bus was going over the kinsey street bridge in chicago so and there was a sightseeing boat going underneath the bridge oh, on no. the river yeah so you oh. you said like they dumped it in the lake it's a little grosser than that I, uh. so they were on the bridge the bridge had like one of those like the gate the bottoms was like a grate right so you can like <laughs> see through it and for some fucking reason the bus driver decided we're going to empty the sewer tank we're just going to dump it over this bridge in the Chicago River. Wow. And it was a sightseeing boat going underneath it. And 800 pounds of Dave Matthews band shit and piss landed <sighs> on these people. It was like one of those, like, um, you know, like a boat. You bus. sit on the deck yeah, and yeah. You, you. So they said uh, it hit a pregnant woman, elderly, a guy with disabilities, a child, and an infant. And when in her eyes and her mouths, the uh, passengers started God. vomiting. Five of them went to the hospital. So uh, what had happened, and then the bus just took off. So I was like, "Who? What? Who was that? What so, just happened?" Right. So right. somebody somebody took a picture of it and reported it to the police, and then the police didn't know. Like they tried to track it down. They wound up pulling security uh, camera footage from like a gym that was across the street to try to find out who the bus was. The mayor of Chicago held a press conference, and he showed the footage of the, of the, of the tour bus. Christ. Does anybody know who this was? So the, ultimately, they traced it back to the Dave Matthews Band. The driver got 150 hours of community service. He got probation. He got fired. He got fined like ten grand, And the band paid like $300,000 in settlements, and they agreed to keep a log anytime they ever dumped a crap tank of their tour bus. I mean, dude, so I camp a lot. I have a camper. You never, like, you oh, never, God ever, no. ever just pull God the no. tank on your toilet. Like, <laughs> they have special over. things for, they have right. like special like, cleanup right. Like tank, it, right? right. You have a tank, you have a, a, a place you put all that stuff, you don't just dump it in the river when there's, uh. That's a, that, <laughs> that gives like, a whole new meaning to Dave Matthews Band's crap. You have to listen to the music, and then you it's literally crappy. got shit on my Dave Matthews. It's awesome that you even mentioned that story. I don't know how you do not know about. We, we find I had jokes never so heard fun. that. I had uh, never heard. Dude. I said it when the when the mayor held a fucking press conference. I've never heard that story. 
Mayor McCheese. Uh, amazing. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So the electric chair. Uh, yes. The electric chair is when we kill us. I had something, but you had a better one. So the electric chair is when we kill something for being absolutely terrible. And you said, in on, you said in honor of it being Woodstock that we should send a Joe Baez song to the electric chair. Oh, dude. I respect her, but her voice just kills me, bro. Too much. I'm just going to play Diamonds and Ross because it's the bummer. most it's the most song most played song on Spotify. She does absolutely nothing to me for me. I don't So boring. This has got to be a newer song by her. It's from like early 70s. She reminds me of the Virgin Mary. If the Virgin Mary could sing, it'd sound like... You're going to send the Virgin Mary to the electric chair? No, Jim... Yeah, I hear you, what I just said there, but, you know. Come on, this is like crap. Bob Dylan, that used to be Bob Dylan's girl, was Joan Baez. Yeah, dude, when you said you want to do this, I looked up, she dated Dylan and she dated Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, excuse me. Steve Jobs is from the Bible. said that. Right. Uh, I saw I, I saw a thing of her on YouTube, which I thought was cool. Is her backstage with um, what's that chick's name? Uh, that that's one of these singer girls, uh, Taylor Swift. That's okay. who it was. And she's standing there with her grandchildren, and say, "Yep, Grandmom's still cool, huh?" And there's Taylor Swift standing next to her, and Taylor Swift probably has no fucking idea who, who she, she is. is. I don't. Yeah. I don't hate on Joan Baez. I, you know, you you just like she's it more a than- drag, dude. I I'm so against drag songs, bro. It's um, I don't know, man. I I don't, I don't listen to a lot of folk music. I think it's yeah. I like not too much of folk. I like Dylan, and I like Peter Paul Mary, Puff the Magic Dragon. Yeah, but when it comes to real Joan Baez folk music, I I can't do it, bro. I'm I, sorry. I would. Protest music, I would take more Rage Against the Machine than this, but that would be a great show. I'm telling yeah. you, all right, let's do it. All right, let's kill this. I'm gonna fucking do it. We sentence you to death. Very cool. Okay, uh, I'm sorry, Joan. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I don't like Joni Mitchell. I, I don't. Any of the Jones. I'm, I'm not a big. I'm not a big Dylan fan, but you know, you're crazy. I know. I just think you're out of your mind because you don't understand Dylan. Well, I'm just you saying. Never went to see him with I'm me. I'm just saying. That's I, the I, thing. You never seen him with me. Yeah, and I never will. Yeah. I never will at this point. I'm gonna make you go. It's, that's we what, were, that's no, what, we were at the we were at the same show when we saw him. Yeah, but I wasn't sitting with you. Right, you were at the poor people, it, and I was in a suite, and I was like, even the free yeah, food and free beer, I was like, I'm not going. You know. Of course, you got backstage. Oh, yeah. You get Motley Crue and and I'm a, dude. I was I was somewhere at the Fish concert, and somebody picked me out of all these people and said, "You're you're one of those McCusker guys." I'm like, "How do I even get picked out of forty thousand people?" And somebody's like, "Hey, you're you're one of the McCuskers." I wanted to run and hide for you know protection program, and yet here you are with me. So it's not hey, all man, it's I, not all roses, listen, you know. No, listen, I do this because I love you, Bruce. We've been friends a long time. 
five people listen, 5,000 people <laughs> listen. We're going to be keep on rocking. Hey, man, this is our 46th episode, so we're we're still going strong, man. We've And we've got a limitless number of topics, so... And- we're going to be here for at least another couple years. Yeah, man. We got some cool stuff coming up, man. We got uh, you know, we got some stuff coming up with Pantheon and some other artists and some concert stuff we're going to be associated with. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say yet due to our, our shit with Pantheon, but uh, but that's a wrap on episode six, 46. Woodstock, baby. Yeah, man. If you want more Woodstock 1969, most of the artists who played on the original, they've they've released albums of the performances. There's a 38 CD box set called Woodstock Back to the Garden. Woodstock Back to the Garden. You can go to HBO. The original version of Woodstock is on HBO right now. Yeah, man. The director's cut is on it. That's what I watched and a little bit extra footage. Um, And, you know, you can. If you want to find out more. Of the Woodstock history, there's also Woodstock 99 on there, which was a shit show, and I was there. If you really want to see what peace, love turned into in 99, Woodstock, watch Woodstock 99. will blow your mind. Yeah, when commercialism gets a hold of it. You know, and if you want more prisoners to rock and roll, you can follow us on your favorite podcast platform or tell somebody about us. You can also visit our website at prisonersdorockandroll.com. Uh, you can follow us on social media. There are links to all that stuff in our email in the show notes, too. We actually have a new email address. You can just email us at show at com. We upgraded from the Gmail account. That still works, but we're still uh, you know onward and upward. And I think that's about it, man. We'll, we're going to circle up, figure out what we're going to talk about next, and we'll be back in two weeks. Thanks so much for sticking with us. Keep on rocking. Peace out.